0: to the book of James chapter 4 and before I, I, I read the text I must I want to take the time to make just a couple of announcements uh, when I don't do it in the beginning I always forget I want to give you a quick update on the meeting from Swim Macon uh, being here two weeks ago and the information is we didn't hear anything so no offer no anything as of yet so I just I, I know a lot of people you know the Ask questions at different times, but I I give you my word. If we hear anything, we'll let you know. But um, offers for properties like this are slow. And so nothing except they're still interested. So you have that announcement. I do want to mention, too, that even though they have not been a part of our church for a while, we did much life together. Uh, This week um, was the funeral for Kenny Foster uh, that most of uh, many of us knew as friend and brother and uh, Trace Diaz worker and uh, and his family. We celebrated his homegoing yesterday, and today is the funeral for Cheryl Henderson. Cheryl is uh, one of a kind in the most beautiful of ways. Uh, I can't believe how long it's been since uh, she and Alan went uh, to help. Jeff and his wife at the sanctuary and faithful members there. And there's so much you could say, uh, you know, about her. But let me just tell you this. I put two and two together this week. And I'd never thought about it before. She was the first person I met. And I know there are many like this, but it was the first person I met. That any time she saw a child, her response was, I'll take them. And that's what I do now. Listen, you got one. If they're demon-possessed, you can keep them. But, you know, (laughs) if one needs a home, oh, I'd start over today. And I just wonder how many of us, and it'll tie into this message, don't realize that the way we live can not only instruct, it's not only taught, but it's caught who they are and don't you know she pitched a Holy Ghost fit when she opened her eyes in this next world. And uh, I hope they have it on video. She... <laughs> so, welcome home, sweet sister. James four fourteen. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor. It appeareth for a little while. I want you to put that in quotation marks or underline that in your Bible. A little while. And then vanishes away. What is your life? It's a little while. It appeareth for a moment and vanisheth away. Just like if you are cooking spaghetti or macaroni on the stovetop. That little wisp of steam that comes. God is saying... Not people, God. Your life is like that. It appeareth for just a moment, and then vanisheth away. Romans 14 says, so then every one of us is going to give an account of ourself to God. And in 2 Corinthians 3, 2, it says, you are living epistles, known and read of all men. If you'll stand with me just for a moment, I would like to get this introduction out of the way. That way I can just start with the message. Um, Preparation for this was different than it almost always is. This is rare for your pastor, but I had a thought come to me about a little while. Your, uh, your life is just a little while, and then the busyness of life happened. You know, Elisha wanted to wrestle, and then Elisha wanted to go to the pirate ship, and then Elisha wanted to go to the trampoline, and all those things. And then you have supper, and then you you know you're getting kids ready for bed, and and then the thought came to me again, uninvited, like thunder. A little while. And I sat at my computer and I just typed. Just typed for two, two and a half hours. And there it was. I believe I have a word for this church. And I say that humbly. And I submit it to you. But if it is a word, not a sermon, but a word. We should pay the most attention. The Bible is the more sure word of prophecy. And if this word contradicts or doesn't come in line with the word of God, then we should reject it. But if it's not only the written word, but a rhema word for us, then we should be most attentive to it. This message, if it does its job, will encourage some of you, and others it's going to make you very uneasy. But if the fruit of it is a focused life, Upon giving glory and honor to the Lord Jesus. And working for him. We'll be judged for our works. Not for our sins. He took care of those. But he took care of my works. And works look a lot like work. I want to speak to you for the next few moments. On a little while. Father. Many times when we get up here on Sundays, like the last couple of weeks, it's just been easy. I mean, everything's clicking. It just felt just easy. And it feels like there's just a lot of static today. Like it's, you're here, and I know you're here, but there's opposition. And Lord, might I ask you as your son to rebuke the enemy? Lord, you rebuke him. Let there be no hindrance in the preached word or the heard word so that we might receive it with meekness and engraft it into the fabric of our soul that we might be more closely aligned with and more intentional in extravagantly spending our lives on Jesus Christ. Anoint me today, Lord. Without it, there's no use for being here. John has no capacity to help anybody with anything, but your word, O Lord, is spirit and life. And I pray for that today. For the glory of Jesus, I ask it. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Every time I go to a funeral, I'm sobered. Yes, I'm moved emotionally by the person, the memories, the regrets, the good times, The things we walk through, but if I'm truthful, I'm more sobered than anything else. I realize that that person, whoever they may be, their opportunity to honor the Lord in this life and to send treasure ahead is over. My greatest fear as a believer is answering for my potential. When I get home. You might say. Oh Pastor John. And he preaches. And teaches. And God might say. Could have been. Could have done. Could have served. So much more. Your little while. My little while. Number one. If you're taking notes. Is a gift from God. God. And it is a miraculous, personal thing. See, the Lord formed you out of the dust of the ground, the original Adam, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. You were formed in the belly of your mother. Before you knew him, he knew you. And this little while is a gift. But it's still only a little while. A short, small, unique, individual, narrow, increasingly closing window. Most people don't want to think about that because it produces a sobriety that affects everything else in their life and they'd rather just not think about it. It's still only a little while. You only have a little while to be what you're going to be. To do what you're going to do. You only have a little while to fulfill your promises that you made to God in your early years. To, to finish your covenant with God and your spouse and to take care of your babies. You only have, an, I only have a little while to influence them. To set up examples and memories of what is important and what is negotiable and what are priorities. You only got a little while. Do you understand that your life is but a vapor? It appears for just a moment and then pff, it's gone. Use. Are you using your gifts for influence, your time for His glory, your strength for perseverance? I guess the question for me, for you today, as I'm attempting to provoke you unto good works, not just provoke you, period, but to provoke you unto good works, is if you answer the question primarily, now there's exceptions, there's exclusions that happen, Would you answer that you are spending your life on yourself or investing your life in others? Primarily. That answer, whatever it is, either seals the life or it opens it up. Your little while is a gift from God and it may be less than others. Maybe more than others and less than others. And I'm going to be saying some very simple things today. It's not a profound message. It's a very direct message. And I'll try my very best to be as transparent with you as I always try to be. It affects me greatly that I have outlived my daddy 18 years. There's something about that I... I, I. I it's, I can't grasp that. I have blinked and I'm 60. Any of our parents here. Kelly, it was yesterday. I stood right there holding Olivia and Isabel in both arms. I'd have a stroke if I held them in both arms. Now, I blinked. I blinked and they're 10 with attitude. I'm like, what did you do with my little girls? I saw somebody the other day. First words out of their mouth. This was really encouraging. I hadn't seen him in about fifteen years. John, Pastor John, what happened to your hair? And I said, "It's all white." Thank you, Sister Death. I appreciate that. Very encouraging. But I outlived him so far—eighteen years. And when I start thinking about the opportunity of life, I understand that not everybody gets the same amount of time, but everybody gets the same opportunity. See, if you understand percentages and ratio, don't you think God does? That little that child that lived to be 11 or 15 or 19 or 21, packed into their life, there's a percentage of their life that they spent, and there's a percentage that they invested. And you can't compare yourself to other people. I, I, already, I think this way too. That I'm going to give an account for 18 more years than my dad. And I'm not worthy to carry his shoes. So we can go ahead and settle that. But there are people that live to be in their 90s. And some in their 60s. And some in their 50s. But your little while is allotted by God. God. And it's a stewardship, not a cruise ship. Your little while is a stewardship, not a cruise ship. It is a temporal opportunity to know, love, and reveal God to those in your generation. To recognize your opportunities, to fulfill your obligations, to chase your dreams and maximize your potential. You have just enough time to reveal what you believe what your priorities are, what you prize and who you are. The fool in Luke 12 said, I will say to myself, soul, you have laid up much goods for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink and be merry. But God said unto him, you are a fool. This night your soul will be required of you. Then who shall these things be which you have provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Would your life more resemble a cruise ship or a battleship? I don't want to go into heaven on a cruise ship. I want to go in with my hands blistered. And my feet sore. And my voice strained. And my knees worn out. And my hands and shoulders cramped from worshiping. I want to invest my life in him. I want to see it as a stewardship. He has loaned me my little while. That phrase. He has loaned me my little while. And what are you doing with it? This little while is a gift from God. And it can never be restarted like do-over. It can never be rewound Edited or erased. That right there is sobering. Well, God can restore the years that the caterpillar and of eaten. Yes, but he doesn't take you back to the womb and let you start over. This little while is a gift from God where you will give an absolute, complete, accurate account for it. Listen, not just the things you did, but the things you could have done. Not just the things you did, but the why that you did them. Not just the things that you did, but how you did them. And not just the things you did, but who you really did them for. God has given you a little while to write the story of your life. You get to write how each chapter starts and ends. You don't get to write the chapters, but you get to fill in the pages between them. Others can force their way onto its pages, but no one gets to write your story but you. Did you hear me? Others can force their way into the pages, but the theme of your life is written by you. It is purposed by God, but it is written by you, and I'll prove it to you in just a moment. Much can happen to you beyond your control, but no one, and I mean no one, can set your path, your pace, or your destination... Don't give your pen to nobody. Nobody. No pastor. No preacher. No prophet. No priest. No bishop. No cardinal. No family member. You take the pen that God has given you. Now, of course, I don't mean you take upon yourself the role of God. I mean in the boundaries of what He's given you. What am I going to do? This is what I'm going to do. Who am I going to be? This is who I'm going to be. And don't be limited by what was done or not done. What was said or not said. God gave you the pen. God gave you the pen. To write what you want to be for Him. I'm not talking about giftings. I'm talking about motive and effort given for the Lord. Your life is a gift from God and it's the only one that you'll be given. Determining solely what eternity will look like to you. I am grateful for the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Can someone say amen? I don't have to worry about my sins, but I'm going to give an account for my deeds. We're each going to stand before the Lord and give an account for the deeds done and undone in our body. It is your pastor's opinion. This is where it comes in in Revelation where it said he'll wipe the tears from their eyes. Because after the judgment seat of Christ, we would live in regret if he didn't do that for us. May I ask you a question? Today, are you living a life worthy of the death of Jesus Christ? All of us could answer I could be doing a lot better. And many could answer, no. Well, there's hope around the corner. But I just want to tell you in point number one, your little while is a gift from God. And what you're doing with that little while is your gift to God. One is a gift from God. And the other is your gift to God. Number two, your little while is quickly running out. Where has it gone? Some of it, I'm sure, has been spent in the unawareness, immaturity, and ignorance of our youth. Anybody else brain dead in your teens and 20s? We squandered some there. As we entered into adulthood, we were seduced through culture and media outlets to squander our days in the pursuit of pleasure, profit, popularity, and or possessions, caring more about how others view us than how God views us. Did you choose pleasure over purpose, wealth over true riches, the temporal over that which is eternal? How did it pass? Was your life like mine? Did it pass with trumpets or did it just pass with a whisper? It just passes. Did your days creep by and your years fly by? Has the passing of time bent your knee or stiffened your neck? Has your heart softened or hardened? Are you more intent on being right or being righteous? And do children like you? Can I stop right there a minute? Much has been said about dogs. If your dogs don't like somebody, that's, that's true. But if children don't like you do, you, do you ever think about the fact that children would run and jump in the lap of Jesus? Not the Pharisees. I got one better for you, not the disciples. So John, you're just hitting everything. I'm trying to stir us because sometimes we look into the word of God and like looking into a mirror and we walk away and forget what we've seen. What does my life look like? Who am I representing? What am I reflecting? What what do my priorities say about me? What do my, my, my directions say about me? What does my history say about me? Looking back from today, I'm asking you to examine yourself truthfully and carefully in your little while that's behind you. Have you walked humbly? Have you given generously? Have you loved deeply? Have you cared genuinely? Have you served tirelessly? Have you showed up faithfully? Have you suffered patiently? Have you forgiven quickly? And do you serve the Lord your God joyfully? Where did it pass to? Was it spent here or sent on ahead? Did your years stream into you or out of you? Did it lead to your coronation or his crowning? Who is the main character in your story? Be honest. Who's the main character? If it's you, then that's a very small book. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1. For all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass, that life withereth and falleth away. But the word of the Lord, and he that does the will of the Lord, shall abide forever. Your little while is a gift from God, and it's quickly passing. I sometimes talk to my wife about this, and she gets all the ideas, and I get to run them over, and I'll talk to her about this, and she doesn't get to brace for it. You "This is really morbid, John. This is really you're burying me this, but I, who else are you talking over with? so you get to be the one. Yeah, you know If I live a normal life, I'm in the fourth quarter. not just of years, but of years of effectiveness and gain. That's it. What I'm going to do, this is the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think about that. Because everywhere in my history that I wasn't intentional, I cruised. I love you. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to provoke you and understand that if you don't plan for the things. It's not about gaining things and arriving at places. But if you don't plan on a high yield for God, you won't have it. The person that does not plan for their retirement will hate their retirement. Number three, got some good news for you. Your little while is not yet over. The final chapter has not been written and your final breaths have not been drawn. The fact that you woke up today is the reality that God gave you permission to live. I got permission this morning to live in this day, to move in this day, and to have my being in Him. I can lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. I can look past the failure of my yesterday and hope for tomorrow. I can change the direction, the pace, the, the, the priorities, the motives in any given moment. I woke up today, and that is God saying, John, I give you permission to live. God has given you permission and anything. Anything is possible to the one that believeth. There's a reason, God, there's a reason in the world that your, your rearview mirror is this big and your windshield is this big. Yeah, we visited this is behind us today, and I touched on it. But that's not where your hope is, that's not where your, your life is. You decide today the where and the how. And anything is possible to the one that believeth. Listen to your pastor this morning. Bartimaeus' eyes can open again. The man at the pool of Bethesda can walk again. The woman taken in adultery can be forgiven and become chaste again. Jairus' daughter can come back to life again. Samson's hair can grow again. Even in a prison cell, doing more on the last day than he ever did in all the days that led up to it. Zacchaeus can come down out of the tree and make amends for his wrongs that he'd done to others. Saul's from Tarsus can become the apostle Paul. Simon's can become the apostle Peter. Elisha's can turn their oxen uh, in for a prophet's mantle. And unrecognized little boys like David can become the king of Israel. Glory. Anybody else's spirit just leap? That happened in their day. Changes were made. Decisions were made. Things were given up. Things were turned away from. With every little while, and I've waited all morning to share this with you. All of that set up for this moment here. With every little while that God has given comes a universal power that never diminishes or departs. That is your power of choice. That is why only you will be judged for your life and only you will be rewarded for your life. I want to say it again. God has given you a power irrevocable. My wife cannot choose for me. My mama cannot choose for me. The devil cannot choose for me. My enemies cannot choose for me. My children cannot choose choose for me. Those that like me cannot choose and those that dislike me cannot choose. I and I alone get to choose who I'm going to be this side of the cross. I didn't say I can pick my giftings. I said who I can be. I can't dunk a basketball. Well I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. I still can't dunk a basketball. But I can be kind to the boy that can. You can choose what is important and what is not, what is primary and what is secondary. You can choose to be indifferent or passionate. You can choose discipleship or deception. You can measure out your life or you can extravagantly spend it upon the Lord Jesus Christ. When Mary broke her alabaster box and poured it upon Jesus, all the Pharisees said, Why this waste? Why this waste for for her? See, the value of this would have been like um, a life savings, if you will. Uh, years of salary for a Roman soldier, probably 20 years or longer for her. And she just poured it. And they got one thing right, though. They said, why this waste? Couldn't this have been sold and given to the poor? And Jesus said, leave her alone. For it's for my burial. It's for my glory. It's for... Something you don't see that she's poured this out for. And I just wonder this morning. When they got ready to take off Jesus' robe to tie him to that pole. And they wrapped his legs around the front and his arms and they tied it. And they whipped him with that kite of nine tails. I wonder when they took that robe off of him. And this, see, this wasn't like perfume today. This was a spikenard. This was a, a thick, pungent, strong A girl could just touch, just touch it barely for days and days it would be upon her. And that soldier that took that robes it. This man must mean a lot to somebody. Are you pouring your life on Jesus? Are you measuring it out miserly? it's all on you if you're pouring your life upon Jesus Jesus will point that out to everyone at the judgment seat this one loved me and we get to choose but he's not going to say anything there that's not true you can be an evangelist or a survivalist. I'm just not going to say nothing. I just don't want to offend nobody. And we we'll just let them go to hell. Got to share the gospel. Giving somebody a bottle of water is not the gospel. Share the gospel. We're going to either be the Samaritan standing at the door. Or Mary at the floor. I love that story. And very quickly let me just tell you this about that. So. One of the. Pharisees met Jesus at the door. How are you, Rabbi? Come in, come in. We've prepared this for you. And they walked in, and this woman came and just fell at his feet. And she she cried and kissed his feet. Dirty, filthy feet with the sandals walking through these dusty roads. Whether it was wet or dry, they're filthy. And common practice was there would be a basin at the door of water. That would be one level of service. And the person could just do their feet like this. Or another level would be the host, the owner of the home would come and wash and dry the feet. But he didn't do it either. He just, Jesus, you're welcome. But she knelt down and washed his feet with her tears and hair. The Bible tells us that the glory of a woman is her hair. So she took her glory to the dirtiest part of who he was and washed his feet with her tears and hair. See Jesus would say to this guy. You didn't give me faucet water. But she gave me heart water. And he said this, this story about her. Will be told for. Ever. You know what we've developed in Christianity. We've de- developed a don't see nothing. Don't say nothing. Don't be nothing. And I. I wonder what you're going to say about me when I'm gone. But I tremble at what God's going to say. It's the fourth quarter, man. What are we going to do? What are we going to be? What are we... I still got to put the boys and girls home on my property. I'm going to do that. That's in my heart. I want it on our property, a three-bedroom, two-bath house for boys and a three-bedroom, two-bath house for girls and have a house mother in there for the girls and a house father for the girls and our home called the big house. And you get to walk in and out of the big house anytime you want because my home is your home. I want to do that. That's in my heart to do. I want to do that. But what we do, we got to do. I tease Kelly every time I see a baby. I say, Kelly, one more, one more. She looked, her eyes look like, and then I, I say the last 5%. I said, baby, we can take two or three in and I'll be dead before long and you and the next guy can raise them, you know. So she, she says, stop it. <laughs> but right now I can get all the fun glory years, you know, with a daddy, daddy, daddy. You will either use your time, talent, resources to make life comfortable or make his name known. You can make excuses or you can create excellence. You can be needy or necessary, an original or a carbon copy. This pen that God has given you does not have an eraser, but it still has some ink in it. If our musician would come, please. The pen God's given you does not have an eraser. How many of y'all besides me wish it did? But since I didn't get an eraser, will you just let your pastor talk to you in the simplest way I know how? I look down at my life and I go, oh God, I wish I had an eraser. But then I say, but I still got some ink. Do you see that this morning? I still got some ink. I can change the direction, the trajectory. I can change with my choice the days that I have left. It would be a shame to use the little ink that's left to leave graffiti in this world. When you could write out the story of Jesus Christ in your life. If you don't like your life, change it. (laughs) Change it. All you need is an invitation from God. And this morning I'm preaching the word humbly in the same way Moses said it to the children of Israel. I'm saying this to this little local church in Macon, Georgia. I'm laying before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. Choose God. Choose Christ. Choose wasting your life upon Him. Pouring it out without measure. If your life's going in the wrong direction... Turn it around. If it's filled with sin and rebellion, repent. If it contradicts Scripture, grieves your heart, makes you powerless or prayerless, or stains your testimony, stop. No relationship is worth broken fellowship. If these people oppose or undermine your walk with God, minimize their importance in your life. If you're the focus of your life, dethrone yourself. Do you remember when they asked Jesus about taxes? I have to preach a sermon on that one day about taxes. Jesus said, bring me a coin. And they brought him one. He said, whose inscription's on here? They said, Caesar's. And he said, well, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And unto God the things that are God's. You know, for years I read that. And I thought he was saying, pay your taxes. Well, he was, but he was saying something else. And whose inscription is on you? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's making you in the image. Spirit, soul, and body. Whose inscription is on you? God. Then render unto God the things that are God's. Be immediate. Be fierce. If your right hand offends you, cut it off. Be courageous and be determined. You can. And I, in Jesus' name, I employ you. I employ you. I implore you, I'm sorry. Replace excuses with excellence. Replace carnality with conviction. Apathy with resolve. And recommit to your former vows with new resolve and determination. No man knoweth when the moment of their life will come. But this much I know. The day of my earthly journey will soon be over. And I will stand before the one whose eyes are like a flame of fire. Why is it that we as people spend the majority of our lives looking backward or strain our eyes peering into the future when the only power we have is found today in the moment? It is only the present moment, the now, that God has entrusted to us. And in this moment, the Almighty God has given us the opportunity to choose Him in joyful extravagance for His glory knowing that in this life all you have is a little while what are you going to do with the rest of your life I knew today would be hard when I prepared it but I believe there will be people whether they write it on their Facebook page or not they're going to say that Sunday in November Changed it for me. And I want my little while to be worth it to God. I want it to be pleasing to God. I want it to be noticed by God. I want it to bring glory to God. And I'm not making excuses for the chapters behind me ever again. Where's my pen? Some of you, I want you to write that on your bathroom mirror. Where's my pen? Don't touch my pen. God, I want to do this for you. This is not a service where you come to the altar and other people pray for you. It has way more to do with action than it does uh, a tearful I'm sorry. It is no. You know, when you... Well, I'm going to cut back during the holidays. I'm just going to cut back. I'm not going to do what I... And then you go home and the other people go home and throw everything out of the house that's processed. One's talking about dieting. The other we're getting rid of this stuff what are you going to do with the rest of your life one of two things and we're done you're going to go home and walk this out with God and make changes or you'll find that if you don't do anything as the hours pass and it turns into days the feeling of this moment will go away I don't want to retire. I want to retread. i got one quarter left. I want to preach with passion. I want to love deeply. I want to make a difference in the lives of kids. I want to see people healed and restored. I look around this room and some of you have more gifting than I'll ever have. And you don't use it. You don't use it. I don't want to be great. I want to be good. Well done, you're good and faithful servant. I ask them to cue a song for us, and I pray this word finds its way into your heart in a healthy conviction. I can't wait to see what the last couple chapters are going to look like for you now that you've changed the color of the pen and the direction is going to write. It's up to you. It's up to you. Brian, would you cue that song for me, please?
1: family i know uh, you're either encouraged or convicted or challenged today um i know as i process this message and and walk away from it the question i ask myself is what am i going to do with my little while with the ink that's left in my pen i encourage you to ask yourself that question too Father God, we thank you for this time together in your house. We thank you for your word. Lord, we pray that this stirs in our heart a, a commitment, an a urgency of the hour, a willingness to pursue the perfect work you have for our life, for us to be faithful for the assignment for our little while, Father. That when we stand before you, we hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. And submit to you the crown of our little while and lay it at your feet, Father. I want to work for you. Draw us close unto you. Don't let us walk away from this and not meditate on it or not think of it. Spur our thoughts, Father God. Bring us back to this, that we only have a little while and we only get one time to do it. We love you, Father. Submit ourselves to you, Lord. Amen. Happy Lord's Day.